0: And I'm grateful for the privilege you've given to me to be part of your day. And thank you uh, for joining us. And I commend you for making the Word of God part of your day. And uh, we just appreciate being part of that. We're still going through the book of Psalms, and right now we're in Psalm chapter 135. So if you want to follow us, that's where we're going to be. Psalm 135. And again, we won't, this is a bit of a, a little bit of a longer chapter than normal in Psalms, so we won't have to deal with it all of it at this point today, but I want to break through, I want to begin to talk about the importance of what he has in here. As uh, they've come out of what's been known as these songs of decrees, it was a time of worship. at It ta- uh, ta- all started when David said, you know, I'm, I'm excited or I'm grateful when I hear that we're going to go to the tabernacle. And so there's been these times of worship. And so there's this finish where they begin to continue to talk about the need for worship. And that's what we're going to look at today. And uh, And I think, honestly, we're going to see not just the need for worship and a spiritual thing of, hey, we got to worship the Lord, but what it really can mean to us. And so Psalm 135, uh, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, "'Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord, ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his peculiar treasure.'" For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all the deep places. He causes the vapor to ascend, and from the ends of the earth he maketh lightnings for the rain, he bringeth the wind out of his treasuries. So when we look at these he begins to talk about this idea of praise, and then from praise, he starts talking about why, and, and the person of praise. So I'm gonna start a little bit. He says in verse one, praise ye the name of the Lord, praise ye the name of the Lord, O ye servants of the Lord. That would be us. Now, he's speaking at this time of the Jewish people, of Israeli people, those in Judaism, those who are, are, are God's, God's chosen people to have, and, or have converted over to Judaism at that point. Excuse me. And so he, he's talking about temple. He says, praise us. We should be ones to praise him. Now, I'm going to take a minute, and I want to talk just a second about this idea of worship. Uh, I I, I fear, and I think sometimes it can be frustrating, that worship can become one of the most controversial topics today. Um, Should it be stoic? Uh, Should it be party-ish? And there's all kinds of different aspects. You know, some today, anytime you raise your hand, it's wrong, and in some, they just dance all around. We know in the Old Testament, in fact, the chapter prior, talks about raising your hand to heaven. So there's a place... Where it is good. There's a place where emotion is part of worship. And I'm not about to say too much or too little. Uh, I've always been of the attention that um, I think that if we do so much that we're grabbing attention to us, it takes away from God. But that doesn't mean that we should stand there stoically and not allow God to speak to our hearts. I think there really needs to be a balance there. Here's my thing I think if we come in trying to decide the proper style of worship, I really think we get our eyes focused on the wrong thing. Because if we talk about the style of worship, what's right, what's wrong, or whatever, here's what we do. We focus it on ourselves. And really what we do is we focus it on our opinion. We focus it on what we're comfortable with. If you grew up in a, in a more you know, conservative-style church, a lot of the idea of any movement outside of just standing would be considered almost wrong. If you grew up in, a, in, a, in a more worship a more excitable worship style, you're going to see anything that's not that to be unspiritual. And neither one of those are necessarily wrong. And so sometimes What we do is, because this is what I'm comfortable with, this is what I do. So I hope we understand that uh, as we grow in Christ, we should grow in Christ. We should not be stagnant to where we are now. And we should never make this section or this idea about us. So if you come to a church and uh, they're different than what you used to, praise the Lord. If you're growing in it and God uh, gives you freedom to do more, praise the Lord. I guess what I want to look at is I think in today's culture, especially in American Christianity, I think we get so good at making church and a lot of it just about me, my comfort zone. And we lose the fact that worship is about God and God is a God of variety, which means I think he's honored in all these kinds of worship. When my heart is truly worshiping God, God sees that. God really is not too concerned about the outside. He's really concerned when it comes to how I do, it's concerned weather. Some people can bounce around and be as carnal as a day as long. Someone can stand there and not move and be as unsaved as a day as long. So I hope we understand that. It, don't make that about us. So that's what he starts off. The servants of the Lord need to understand who we're praising. Now, why do we do it? Why do we worship? We worship because when I take, one, the more we worship our almighty God, we get to realize who he is. We get to recognize his greatness. I want a great God. I want a powerful God. And as I worship him, I thank him for his greatness, which gives me more confidence in his work in my life moving forward. And how it, it steers my spirit. It helps my spirit. It helps me not just to get my attention. Some people think, well, it just gets my attention off of the battles of the day. It's a whole lot more than that. Because <clears throat> if all I'm doing is getting my attention off the battles of the day, as soon as church is over, as soon as my worship time is over, phew, I walk out to the battles of the day. I exalt this God in my worship so that I have the confidence to go with him as he goes with me through the battles of the day. So let's look a little bit. He gives him a couple things. I think three things we're going to look at this morning that he says about worship when he talks describing the God that we are to worship. I think this will help us a little bit to get an understanding of why and how it helps us. Uh, he says in verse 2, he, he talks about praising the service, and he actually describes what would be in those days my office. He says, you stand in the house, ye that stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of God." He just praise the Lord. You know, he says in verse three, praises the Lord for the Lord's good. So he, he starts talking about the servants. anybody who anybody who comes in. And then he references even you priests, even you preachers, even you pastors, make this a big deal. And I, I think it's important. You know, I spend the majority of my week. Um, doing things like this. And when I'm not recording and, or doing a live stream, I'm studying the Word of God, reading about it. That's the majority of my week. And if not careful, it can become stoic. It's important for me to make sure that I'm engaging in worship to get my heart refocused because it's all—it's not about the knowledge I have. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. I need to make sure that my knowledge doesn't pull me away from God. You really can. The Bible is clear about that. I must make sure that my heart is part of worship, and that's why it's so important. So here's a couple reasons why. Verse, Verse three, the Lord is good. The Lord is, uh, pra- uh, praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name for it is pleasant. So the first thing we see is that we sing praises to God because he's good. He's, he, he is a good God. And, you know, not, and, and people look at him and they say he's a horrible God, he's a harsh God, and, and don't get me wrong, he is a holy God. Hell is a real place, and those who do not accept the exclusivity of God and do not realize that Jesus is the only way to heaven, religion has nothing to do with it, church has nothing to do with it, salvation comes through Christ alone, and if we don't accept that and place our faith in Jesus, we will end up in eternity in hell. As good as God is, he is holy, and he has to be holy to be good. So please understand that. We can't just say, well, God, God's a good God, he'll never do that to me. Yes, he will, because he is good. Good demands that wrong be dealt with, and sin was dealt with on the cross. And so he's offering us this wonderful free gift of salvation, but I must accept it through Jesus. But he is a good God. Verse four, for the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his peculiar treasure. Now that's important because this is a a passage or encouragement to worship to the Israeli people. He goes, us as a nation, we are his chosen. I don't believe that the church is a replacement of Israel, and I don't believe that God is only a select few people that he has chosen. Now the Bible speaks about the elect, and I won't go there today. Um, I believe you can have the elect. Without certain people not having the opportunity to get saved, because the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So you can have the belief of the heart of God that everyone can, you know, God wants everyone to get saved, with the recognition that there is an elect. Well, we have to figure what the elect is. But my point is, I'm not looking at the idea that only certain people can save, certain can't. What we're saying is God has chosen I think our institution of church and he he loves us and he wants to work through us and in that his goodness is seen through the aspect of the church in this day <clears throat> verse 5 i know that the lord is great and that our lord is above all god so he is great. he's 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 good but he's also preeminent he's above all other gods and in, in colossians it tells us that he is the head of the body of the church In all things, he might have the preeminence. That's in the church. But I think we, we look, and by the way, if you look at this, you'll notice that above all of the gods, it's in small g. He's referencing false gods here. There is a lot of people, or a lot of gods, if I use that term out today, a lot of religious institutions that have placed a man who's passed away or someone who never existed to be God, or tons and tons of gods, whatever. Those, I say this not to be cruel or not to be insensitive, but to be honest, they're fake. There's only one God. He's found in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is only one God, and he is the only way to heaven, and you can say all you want how wrong that is, and then you unfortunately will learn one day that it's right, and not right because I said it, but right because the Bible says it. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is above all gods, and that's important because it's not a matter of, because what's not about which religion am I going to follow? There is only one Truth and that is found in Jesus, and so we that's an important thing for us to understand in worship. Verse 6: Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did He in heaven and earth and the seas and all places. And He goes on to talk a little bit about what happened. So He's a good God, He is a um, preeminent God, He is a powerful God. What He chooses to do is good. Now, please understand: I don't think when we look at all of the natural disasters, some people seem that an earthquake that hurts somebody, tornadoes, or tsunamis, and we immediately assume God is judging the earth. I don't necessarily believe that. The earth and natural disasters come. God doesn't hold it back, but he doesn't necessarily bring it. God is not just picking to say, those people bothered me and I'm going to wipe 100,000 of them off. That's just not how it works. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is falling apart as we get closer to the end times. It's just the way it is. And so God is a good God, he's created, what we're seeing is he's created all of the beauty that we surround, when you walk out and you see the beauty even of lightning and just how amazing and all that lightning does and storms and just how God has created this world, we don't even fully understand everything he did. That is the powerful nature of God. Now why in worship are these three things important? If I recognize that God is good, then I go to him with a proper understanding of who he is, which helps me worship and helps me as I go tomorrow. When I know that he's preeminent, he's not like, was my God good enough? Should I bow? No, he is the only God. And so I go to him knowing that I have the preeminent God who loves me and wants to help and wants to encourage. And that's what I lean upon. He's powerful. He's powerful over anything in your life right now. He may not jump on. He may not solve your problem immediately. He may not do it the way you want him to, but he will do it. And that's something we have to look at is the preeminence of God and the powerful nature of God. These are the things that give us the confidence to go and trust that he's going to do what is right because he's good. all goes back to the same things. That's why we worship him. It, 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 It tunes our heart with his. I'm talking about our spiritual heart, with His. And it helps us to recognize His goodness, His preeminence, His power. And when we do that worship, it it, it prepares our hearts and, and strengthens us deal with what, what's going on, worship is part of that. Worship's not just an experience for a Sunday morning, for an hour, or we go home. That, if that's all it is, we're missing out on it. Worship is so much more. It, it strengthens me, develops me. Worshiping, part of it's preaching and listening to preaching, learning and growing all of this to learn more about who God is and how much He loves us. I don't know what it is you might be going through, or, or how maybe just learning about the greatness of God can be encouragement, but this great God loves you more than you could ever know. And He wants to be your help and He wants to be your strength. Maybe today you need to call upon Him for salvation. Maybe today you just need to give Him whatever it is you're going through. But in all of that, in worship, we understand that He is great. He is preeminent. He is powerful. And we can lean on that today. Thanks again for joining us on this uh, Thursday morning. Greatly appreciate the opportunity I have to be a part of your day. I really hope it's an encouragement. I hope it inspires you to know that God is doing something in your life and challenges you. And as we grow closer to God, I hope it helps keep us all focused on Jesus in these times. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.